it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, PK. PK, how are you tonight? Absolutely fabulous. I've dodged all the cars <laughs> to get home. I didn't hit anybody. And nobody hit me. That, that was the main one. <laughs> it looks like it's all good. I'll put my little cup out in the yard and just to catch the few drops we may have. All right. Well, so glad you made it. Oh, it makes two of us. (laughs) And they they thought I was kidding. I I had to leave. (laughs) Yeah, you you told them, this is how it goes. It's what I say. Good for you. Good for you. So, as you know. Good, powerful. (laughs) I know, really. I love it. This is great. So, as you know, we have a very special guest, an incredibly talented guest that's going to join us in just a few minutes, and her name is Michelle Clare. We are going to be talking with her about her near-death experiences, mediumship, her abilities, and what she's doing to help people for closure and other things. She's also a healer and an angel into it. She's everything, let's face it, and we're lucky to have her tonight. Oh, but before for sure we, we are. Her, oh, I know it, really. Um, I just wanted to give out her phone number. She will be doing a few short readings to some lucky listeners. And the phone number to call is 563-999-3539. Again, that's 563-999-3539. And please call us with a specific question because we don't have a lot of time to do big readings tonight. They're going to be short. So if you want to give us a call, call in and just make sure you have a specific question for Michelle. Again, the number is 563-999-3539. So PK, tell us, what's going on with the numbers? Well, sweetheart, this is a great month. We're very optimistic. Everybody wants to be very social. And we can't help but be a little pessimistic about what's taking place. But this month is all about our creative side, our imagination about colors, excitement, and all kinds of fun stuff because we're getting prepped and put over to the side for what we're going to get next month. 
So enjoy Uh-oh. every bit of this. <laughs> Shop, drop, have good times, have fun, because it's temporary. How's that for Uh-oh. a little hint? That, yeah, now I, I want to know what's happening next month. See how my mind just jumps ahead. So. You'll have to <laughs> but it's nice to week. know. Find out, won't you? <laughs> it's nice to know that this month is all good, so I guess we should enjoy the moment, A lot, a lot moment, of creativity right? going on this month, a lot of communications. And people are really looking to be uplifted with all the things that have, we've gone through in the past. We're looking forward to all these great things to transpire and like I said, enjoy them. They're short-lived. But I'm not going to you know, be negative about it. You can make lemonade out of the lemon. It doesn't have to be sour. So just yeah. do the best you can with what we've got. You know, carry out some of the dreams that you've had put aside. And, you know, we have an opportunity to be optimistic and the ability to share our dreams with others. And we've got a great guest tonight who's willing to share her talents with us. And we are just so really fortunate this month, so take a look at the arts and things to learn, things you want to teach. Anything that you can do to feel uplifted, do it. It's going to make you feel not just 100% better. We'll make it 1,000% better. How's that? Wow. I like it. I like it. I'm ready to feel 1,000% better. That's great. Well, we've been through a lot. Let's face it. Our country has been through a lot, and now the world seems to be also in an uproar. I know it's not being reported on mainstream media, of course, but there people are taking to the streets to protest the lockdowns that they are experiencing in their countries, and it's all about liberty. Look at Cuba. I mean, my goodness, well, so much going on there. People want their it. freedom. We have as much freedom as we can handle up until the 25th. Between the 25th okay. and the 5th of next month, we're going to feel our own lockdowns taking place, and it's going to hit us right between the eyeballs come next month. But right now, enjoy as best you can. It will help take the sting off of some of the things that are taking place. People are really sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you can only uplift all aspects of things if you feel that there's an opportunity or a chance. Right now, look, listening to some of the things that we listen to or seeing some of the things that we see on the TV, whatever, God, you don't even want to turn the darn thing on anymore. Well, you don't, especially because mainstream media is not reporting the truth, as many of us have said. And you know, think so. not? Yeah. <laughs> All right. right I know. I know. Really, really. How could I? But, yeah, so it's it does become discouraging when you see the narrative over and over again. I have never in my life, and I know you would concur with this, ever seen such a push for a certain type of jab. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. These, all these rewards, you know, winning a million dollars or getting free stuff, it's, it's insane. So, well, anyways, I guess Rand... What? Yeah, Red Paul was <laughs> really late in. He took Good on Fauci, and he did, and he's gonna he's gonna turn it over for a criminal investigation. Which, if you know the deep rabbit hole that is, you'd mm-hmm. want an investigation too. So yeah, it's uh, good for Rand Paul. <clears throat> well, it's time yeah. that the people that are sitting in power that can do something will do something. 
you know, there's people walking in the streets and, and throwing up signs and all the rest of that stuff. That's all well and good to a point. But what we're doing is the hoodlums are taking it over and making our world, our cities, our towns a complete disaster zone. And these little children, right. now, they're being shot in such uh, – whoever is running that state or that city or whatever needs to be put right you know where. Yeah. Yeah, it's really terrible, and you're down near the border where they have all of this, uh, this terrible, these terrible things happening. And so I know you've got it right next door to you almost, and yeah. we'll see what well, happens. It's, it's going to be a very challenging time. visitors. There's other places uh, set up in town for our visitors. I feel sorry for those that really honestly need help. But it's all the poison that they're bringing across the border that are going to kill our kids and some of yeah. our adults that are dumb enough to take right. it. But yeah. it's, <laughs> and and you know, also gonna, a lot of the people they've let in have COVID. So, yes, yeah, they want to lock down. They want to wear masks, get vaccinated. But then they're letting all these people across the border that are infected. What border. is that about? Right. The border. They do. And they do. Sorry for, for the Border Patrol, for God's sakes. They have to try to go home occasionally, and they don't know what they're carrying home, and now a lot of them are getting sick. And doesn't that ring a bell to somebody in power that lives in a White House that they might take a look at doing something positive for these poor people? Yes, exactly. But that's not their goal, so we know what their goal is. Yeah, my people had to spoil it. I thought it was. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, I just also want to mention Last week, I know you were unable to join us, but we had a terrific show with Tom Dongo and Covert Disclosure 441. And for those of you that were waiting for Covert Disclosure to answer our questions, he finally did. It took a couple of years, but as you know, I'm quite Mm -hmm. consistent. So I kept asking him, and he graciously finally agreed to answer the questions, and he gave us the audio file for his voice change. And we played the answers last week. It was very interesting. So if you didn't get don't to we have that on our uh, uh, on our show to uh, listen we, to later? They oh yeah, they can listen to it. It's archived, right. and they can hear everything mm-hmm. that he had to say. And as you know, we've always been very interested in the people that have gone missing. And that is based on David Pauliti's wonderful work, uh, his expert detective work and also mapping out what is going on. He never says what it is. He's very careful to only report the facts, and we have the utmost respect for David and his work. But we wanted to start asking, what is happening to these people? So Covert Disclosure had some answers. So if you're interested in that, then go listen to the show. It's archived. You can listen to it on your own so forget that we do, that you do keep an archive of all the shows. So if you miss one, it isn't gone. You can go back and catch it again. You definitely can. You can listen to it whenever you would like to listen to it. Now, next week, I just want to mention we have a remote viewer coming to join us. And she, no, oh, excuse me. No, that's in two weeks. In one week, we have somebody coming to join us from MUFON to tell us about the latest cases they've been investigating. So can't wait to hear that. And then in two weeks, we have a remote viewer. So we've got a lot of exciting shows coming up, but tonight is super exciting because of our guest, Michelle Clare. Now, Michelle is a certified medium. She's an angel intuitive, a spiritual coach, 
energy healer, and three-time near-death experience survivor. She received messages from loved ones who have crossed over, as well as angels and life guides. Michelle is going to offer readings tonight for a few of us. And again, if you would like to have Michelle answer your question and come prepared with a specific question. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here tonight. We are equally as excited to have you here, my dear. We sure are. And my goodness, what a life experience. Three near-death experiences that you survived. Can you tell us how all this got started for you? Yes. I mean, it's a little excessive that it would take three to get me to the point I'm at, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So I would just say around the age of 12, when my grandfather passed away, I started really realizing I had mediumship abilities. And I didn't know them by that name. I just knew he and I had communication. I knew what he was thinking or saying. And I would share that with my mom. And my mom would say, well, I think that's what you think he would say if he was here. And so I kind of quickly realized, oh, this is just between me and grandpa. I don't need to share it. So throughout, you know, my my years after that, I always had this connection with him. And then when my grandma transitioned, I could communicate with her too. But what happened was in April 2000, I was actually in a hospital in Tucson because my sister-in-law had given birth to my niece. And I was in the hallway talking to one of my friends who was her RN and I had a massive seizure. I had never had one before, oh. and I have never had one since. Oh what goodness. I remember from that, yeah, I, I remember opening my eyes, and I was laying on the ground with my head in my grandma's lap. And she was the youngest, youngest healthiest version of my grandma that I could remember. And then I remember looking around and seeing that I was in this white room. All the walls were white, and they seemed solid, yet every wall was made out of molecules or cells that were alive, and they were radiating this light and love. And I was just in this room, and I felt so complete. I had never felt that loved in my life. And I felt loved growing up, but I had never felt love on that level. And as I was just soaking it in, I I looked up next to my grandma, and there was this phenomenal angel. And she was about 12 feet tall. And I remember just being awestruck, just feeling like almost like my energy blended with hers. And yet we were one, but we were separate. And I was in awe of her beauty and her compassion and her love. It was just like oozing out of her. And I looked for her wings because I expected to see feathers. I knew I was going to see these amazing feather wings. And they were light. They were made of this iridescent, beautiful light that was moving, kind of like the aurora borealis would. And as I looked Mm. at these beautiful wings, I could see that they actually seemed to trail off into eternity. I literally never saw the end of the wings. It was amazing. And, And as I was sitting there, just in awe, laying there with my head in my grandma's lap, I, I thought to myself, what is your name? And I heard her answer me in my head. She said her name was Madeline, and she was one of my guardian angels. And I was a little surprised because I hadn't ever thought about telepathy, and I did not know that she was, you know, reading my mind as I was sitting there. And 
And as I was sitting there, I was literally just soaking up this love and this completeness. I was in no hurry to leave at all. I, I felt there was also no sense of time. So I, I felt like I could have stayed there for years and it would have been fine. But the next thing I know, I hear them yelling, code, 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 and I'm back in my body because I had stopped breathing during this seizure. And oh, boy. The, the, yeah, the next thing I feel is I try to lift my arm and my arm felt like it weighed 100 pounds. My body felt so heavy and so dense. And, and I'm five feet tall. I'm not that big of a person, you know. So the idea of my arm weighing 100 pounds is very excessive, but it, everything felt so heavy. And, you know, then they took me to the ER and admitted me and all of that. They never found out really what caused the seizure. And then, you know, I also didn't know how to translate this into my daily life. So it took a couple weeks before I was even willing to share it with my mom because I didn't know what to call that. And I had never really heard words about near-death experiences and, and what does it look like. And so I shared it with my mom. My mom was an RN, so she likes the science of things. And um, she absolutely believed me, but she wanted to know, like, well, how do you know that? How did that happen? And I really couldn't explain it. I just said, Mom, this is just what happened, and it was more real than me standing here telling you what happened. It was more real than any moment I've ever lived. And it still is to this day. So that was my first near-death experience where I really got connected to the angelic realm. And I really was aware. I had always believed in angels. I was raised Catholic. I believed in angels and saints and Mother Mary and all these, you know, beings of light. But there's a big difference between being in the presence of one and just believing in them. I could imagine. My goodness. Yeah. That's a huge difference. Now, after you had this big seizure and had to be admitted to the hospital, were you concerned that you were going to have another one? I mean, that's a pretty traumatic experience out of the blue. Yeah, it was traumatic because I got a concussion because I fell and hit the floor and I had a black eye. And so I looked like I had been beat up pretty good. Um, you know, I, it was interesting because I wasn't afraid. I, I, I came back feeling like, oh, that's not ever going to happen to me again. And I don't know why. No. I might have been told that on, at some level. But I, I really came back not afraid of having another one. And I never did. God, that's oh, great. Fortunate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gee. So that was your first near-death experience and when you coded. And, oh, my goodness. So when was your second one? So my second one happens in May of 2006. And this one's a lot more complicated than the first one. So I had had my youngest child on April 1st. And after I had him, I had a lot of complications. So I was in and out of the hospital for the next following six weeks. I I was running fevers, having infections. They would admit me. I'd be on IV antibiotics for five days and say, we got it, go home. A day later, I'm running a fever back in the hospital. So I spent about four and a half of those six weeks in the hospital, in and out. And what they decided was that they must have forgotten a piece of the placenta or something and that they needed to do a DNC, which is basically where they do a surgical outpatient procedure and clear out the uterus. The night before, I had this gut feeling that I should not do it. I just, I knew I should not do it, but I was so tired of being sick 
that I, and the doctor said it was going to be so easy, 45 minutes, I'd be on my way home. I just thought, you know, I'm going to do it. So I went in the next morning still feeling like I should not do it. Um, the anesthesiologist came in, said the same thing, easy, you'll be home soon. Okay, so I do remember counting backwards. And I had had surgeries before, and whenever I've had surgery, anesthesia just puts me in a blank space. I have no memories, no dreams, nothing. It's just been gone. That time has been gone. But in this right. time, I'm in the operating room. I'm on the table. Well, I remember counting backwards. Then the next thing I remember is being in the operating on the table, so operating room on the table. So I'd already gone under. I look over and I see my beautiful 100-pound white German shepherd named Tahoe, who had passed away a couple of years previously, walk into the operating room and lay her head on my operating table. And the next thing I knew, we were gone. And we oh. were in an instant. There was no travel. We were just there, and then we were somewhere else. It was instantaneous. And we were on this phenomenal beach, phenomenal, once again, in this place with completeness, unconditional love, timelessness, this amazing feeling, the ocean waves, it's like every drop of water is alive. Every cell, mm. every molecule and every flower, the sand, it, it was unbelievable. And it's like the light comes within. So I don't remember actually seeing the sun. It was that everything was the light, was the energy of where I was. And she and I, I looked at her. She was young, healthy, gorgeous again. I could tell we were also energetically communicating. She was so happy I was there. It was so good to be running with her. And so we are on this beach, and we are running and running and running. And I noticed the sand's not hard. I feel like I'm running on clouds, like it kind of felt fluffy. And I noticed we're not hot. We're not tired. We're not thirsty. She's not panting, you know. And so I'm kind of like taking it in. and. And here's the funny part of this. I literally hate to run. I tell people, if you see me running, call 911. Like, that's an emergency. You're not going to see me going for a jog, right? Here I am in my near-death experience running and running and running on the beach. So I always oh think that's goodness. kind of ironic, right? Because never would I have thought, oh, this sounds like what paradise should be like. So anyway, right. Ashley and I are running on the beach and – I'm so content. I'm not worrying about my kids, how I got there, when I'll get home, nothing. It's just each moment, each breath, and each step. That's all there was. And then all of a sudden, I can feel my son, who was six weeks old at this time and at my house with my mom, energetically calling to me because on a soul level, he knew I was planning on leaving. And I'm quickly, like, I'm immediately with his energy. And I find, and I say to him, I will find a way to stay. And at that point in time, I start praying or asking for help. And I start saying, I'm not ready. My kids still need me. It's not my time yet. And at that moment, I can feel Jesus' presence near me, next to me. I can see him. I don't feel like he necessarily uses words for me. And I see the operating room light up with what I call the Christ consciousness or the Christ light, this beautiful healing energy and I know I'm going to be given another chance. And then the next thing that happens, I wake up, and I'm in the post-op, and I look at the clock on the wall, and it's been three and a half hours. 
from my surgery oh that had taken 45 minutes. And what I found out was that while I was under, the surgeon ruptured my uterus and missed my <gasps> aorta by a millimeter. It was oh so close they could not even stitch it. And then they called oh. in an emergency laparoscopic surgeon. And while he was in there sewing up the, the one area or trying to pack it, another area got ruptured. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, it turned into this huge ordeal. A few days later, the emergency surgeon came into my room, and he just said, Michelle, I don't know what to tell you. There was someone watching over you that day because you should not be here now. And I had wow. no doubt. I, everything that had happened was more vivid than it is in our, my daily life now. And I literally knew I was able to usher in a miracle. So then I came back with this awareness of things are happening on multiple levels for our soul. We're, our human consciousness is one level, but at that moment in time, my soul was able to be with my dog on the beach and with my son. Two totally different places and in the operating room. So when we're not connected to our body, our soul can be in more than one place at a time. And so with that knowledge, I started realizing, I started realizing like, okay, near-death experiences, you get a lot of information, but at the same time, there's information coming in on multiple levels, even for your soul. So you have your human memory and your human ideas of what happened. You have this soul level of what happened. And then there's a big picture. And you'll, you'll get glimpses of bits and pieces of that. But I think in our human mind, it's very hard to fathom the whole idea or even bring in the whole concept. Yeah, I agree. I think it is a little challenging to, to have that kind of non-local perception of everything. But my goodness, what a beautiful experience you have with Tahoe. But to come back and hear what happened, it must have been very shocking. But you did have that gut oh. feeling. You knew it was not going to be a good thing. I knew it. I knew it. And then after that, I mean, then I started running a fever because they had spread the infection into my body. I was in the hospital. I mean, there was literally a day, probably two days after that, where I thought I was going to die. And I said to my husband, Ugh. I wasn't scared. I was actually too sick and too tired to be scared. I just looked at him and I said, if I die, you need to get an attorney. And it was kind of like I had almost in a way surrendered to it in the sense that I knew where I was going and I was okay with that. Not that that was what I wanted, but it had been such a long journey to get there. Um, But, nope, there were other plans for me. (laughs) So here I am. (laughs) Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. That is just a remarkable experience. And hearing your son call to you. That that really did it, huh? That really made you call in a miracle so you could come back. It really did. And that was the part that I also have thought about a lot over the years. I don't feel like my soul is any more special than anyone else's. So I want to say if my soul can align to bring in a miracle, everyone's soul can. Everyone's soul can. And as I've been a medium over the years, spirit has told me humans call them miracles. We call them happenings. Everyone is able to receive that when you get in alignment with yourself, with your body, mind, spirit, and source. That's where miracles happen. That's Amazing. Wonderful. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Now, you have a private practice where you work with people individually. And how, just so, because I know I'm getting a lot of texts right now, how do I get a hold of Michelle? So let's start there. 
Yes. Yeah, the easiest way is to go to my website. It's michelleclare, C-L-A-R-E dot net. And people can schedule readings with you there? Do you do them by phone, by Skype? How do you do them? You can book online right there. So it's all set up for you, my schedule. It's the easiest way to do it. I do them online, and I do them in person. Um, so there's no difference in the information I'll get. That's one of the common questions people say, well, is it, you know, do you get more information if I'm in person? No, I'm going to get the same information no matter where you are because the energy is the energy. And the truth is the truth and your loved ones want you to get this message. So it doesn't matter if you're on the other side of the world in Turkey and I'm sitting here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, we're going to get there. Thank goodness for technology. <laughs> Yes. Yes. It makes it so much easier. It makes it, really it so much does. easier. And actually, I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that before I go onto my third near death experience. Because think of think of technology. It represents in a way our souls. So each of our souls have this individual fingerprint or this individual address, right? But I can get on my yeah. computer with its web address, and I can log into Google. I can shoot you an email. It's, it's effortless. It's timeless. Here it, here it is. It's happening now. And that's very much how our loved ones and spirit work. You're, that's why when they'll come to me, people will say, you know, I want to talk to my mom. Okay, here we go. Oh, boom. I tap into her soul print or her IP address on her soul, whatever you want to call it, and I start getting information. And people are like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly my mom. Yes, it's exactly your mom. Isn't that incredible? Great? So you've been doing the um, the readings for people for how long? How many years? Yeah, well, I have been doing them professionally now for five years. But after my mm-hmm. third near-death experience, I got mentoring, and then I spent a year <laughs> practicing on everyone I could to make sure I felt confident, and then I went into into my own practice. Gosh, good for you. It was- so, Good for you. of course, now we, we, we have to hear about your third near-death experience. My goodness. Oh, I can't yes, imagine. So do tell. <laughs> yes, the third one is actually the one where I realized, like, okay, you know, I had these two. I had um, a lot of knowledge that I felt like I brought back. My mediumship improved. But I there was just this part of me that was not ready to embrace it. And I would think back into you know, my life as a stay-at-home mom, not in a bad way. I love being a stay-at-home mom, but I kind of turn off what I had remembered or known or what I was given. And so for my third one, this one happened for those of you who like numbers on 11-1-11. So wow. November 1st, 2011. And I ha- my kids were 5, 8, and 10 at the time. My oldest one was at school and my younger two were home with me. In my house, I have 14-foot ceilings, and about 12 feet up, I have these candles. You put batteries in them every, you know, every once in a while, and at night, they turn on by themselves, glow for six hours, turn off. No big deal. I had done this 100 times. I said to my 5- and 8-year-old, I said, I'm going to go um, change these batteries real quick, and when I'm done, we're going to go get your sister. And they said, okay. So I climb up the ladder, something I've done, you know, 25 times at this point. And as, so I'm about 10 feet off the ground. As I go to reach to put the candle back in, I feel the ladder shift. And I, I literally thought, this is going to hurt. Like, that was the oh. only thing I could think because I knew I was going down. And at that moment, I was 
ripped out of my body, not in a painful way, but I literally felt ripped out of my body. And I was standing with these three people that I did not know, but I felt like I had known them my whole life. And we're looking at my body and the ladder suspended in the air. And they say to me, what would you like to do? Do you want to stay or do you want to go? And I am sitting there and I'm like, this makes no sense. I have forever, I felt like I had forever again to decide what I wanted to do. And yet in my mind, I'm saying, but my body's going to hit the floor in less than a second. So I was kind of going back and forth, back and forth, just trying to understand where I was. As I'm watching my body and the ladder suspended in the air, I see this magnificent angel come in on the opposite side. It's not the angel from the first near-death experience. It's a different one. And as soon as I see this angel, I know this angel is here to carry out my wishes. They will either make something happen so I can stay or they're going to take me straight home right now. I had no doubt. And as I'm looking at this, and this angel was absolutely beautiful. I mean, they all are. It was absolutely stunning. As I'm looking at them, I see my two younger kids in the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, I can't go. I've got to stay. And at that moment, it was as if I was downloaded with a million things at one time. And I felt like I was told, okay, Michelle, you can stay, but this time we expect more of you. Like you've got to go back and you've got to show up and you've got to help people in the way that you can. And when I, it almost felt like in the way that only you can. And what I mean by that is, you know, whether you're a doctor, a teacher, whatever, you have your own way of helping people or of teaching people or whatever this is. So it wasn't that I feel like I'm the only one in the world who can be a medium, not at all. But there's a resonation with my soul and everyone's soul that's individual. And so it was really clear. They said, okay, you can stay, but but you've got to go back and you've got to help people and you've got to start embracing this. And, and you can't, you know, being a mom is phenomenal and that's part of your life purpose. It's not your only life purpose. And I realized, Oh, we have more than one life purpose. Um, you know, and sometimes those, those are really clear to people and a lot of times it's not. And so I, I was really able to see that there was a lot that I had been ignoring that I was supposed to still be doing. And I felt like, the answer was, yeah, you can stay, but here's the catch. You got to be you now. You got to do that part of you. And so, so clearly I chose to stay. The ladder fell and I fell and I hit the back of my head on the corner of my granite island. I had a five and a half inch oh. fracture, a brain, oh a brain bleed. I lost my taste, my smell, part of my hearing, my equilibrium. And I missed my brainstem by half an inch oh by half God. an inch that was how that was how I survived the, the fall and I knew immediately the angel had moved my head half an inch that was the difference so I was in the hospital for a while <laughs> about 10 days Jeez. trying to just literally be able to sit up um, because when you lose your equilibrium you can't even sit up uh, so I I did that, and then I had different therapies, and and I came home. And so what we found was my son, who was five at the time, had um, tried to call 911, but his call, we believe, didn't go through. And I I didn't know if he dialed 991. I mean, he was five years old. A million things could have happened, right? Right. But my eight-year-old who was home, 
her her 911 call had gone through. So this was in November. So we're going to fast forward a little bit to January 2012. And the second half of January, my son, so I was looking uh, pretty normal at this point in time. And, you know, kids, it's like once they took the cast off my arm because I broke my arm, they also were like, oh, mom's fine. The cast is gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. kind of, you know, <laughs> oh, she's good, right? Um, yeah, and I was like, never set. mind that I felt really, yeah, she's good. They took off the cast. Okay, well. So at the end of January, my son, who was five, started talking to my mother-in-law and me and my mom and saying, I didn't need to be there when my mom got hurt. I did nothing to help her. Sophie made the 911 call. And we would say, but Josh, you opened the door for the policeman, and we are trying to help build this up. And we could not get the words to help him feel like he, he helped in that situation. So the end of January, my grandfather, who transitioned or passed away when I was 12 years old, came through to me in this massive visit. And he was talking to me about my accident. He was talking to me about my son being good with electronics. So keep in mind, this is like decades apart. They've never walked this earth at the same time. And before he goes, he says to me, Michelle, you need to get the 911 recording. There's something on there you should know. And I was shocked hmm. because I didn't even know I could get that. I didn't yeah. know I, it hadn't come up. So clearly I ordered that as quickly as I could. And it took a couple of weeks to come in. When it came in, I put it in to play it. And you can hear them say, 911, what's your emergency? And in his little broken voice, my son says, Sophie, what do I say? And he lays the phone oh. down. His call had gone through oh. and for the next minute and a half 911 tries to get their attention and you know can you hear us what's happening and then you can hear him say I'm going to go push the panic alarm on or the panic button on the house alarm and my eight-year-old daughter says hold on let me see if I can get 911 call to go through and she hangs up the phone and dials and the second call is her call going through so when he came oh, home from kindergarten that day I said to him, I said, Josh, I said, your call went through. Help was coming. It doesn't matter if you said anything or not. Like, they were responding. It was like lifting this 10,000-pound weight off this five-year-old little boy, and I literally saw it change the course of his life. And at that moment, I said, okay, spirit, okay, I'm in. Like, I literally just saw you change the course of my son's life with such love and compassion and I could no longer deny that this was something that I needed to use to help people. That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. That is. That it is. Jeez. My goodness. It's you, amazing how it all came amazing. together like that. It is amazing. Yeah. And this is the other thing that I love to share with people. Like, my grandfather and my son never walked this earth at the same time. Once again, this isn't a special situation. Your loved ones know. So often I'll have clients come to me and say, oh, I wish my mom had seen my kids. Or, my dad really would have loved my son. They do. They see your kids. They know your kids. They love your kids. They know your kid's sense of humor. They know their personality. So we have this idea that they're disconnected from us when they're not in a body anymore, and yet that couldn't be further uh, from the truth. They are still every bit as connected to us. It just looks a little differently now. That's very comforting, yeah, for for Mm -hmm. many people, I'm sure, to hear that and understand it. That's great. Well, 
let's see, we've got, I know we have at least two people here that want readings from you. So, PK, should we Mm -hmm. start with you? (laughs) Of course. I'm the greedy little kid sitting here waiting. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, go for it. What's your question? Well, I'm at the stage, all right. Do I stay where I am or do I consider moving? I My children are somewhat around, got two around, and I'm trying to make some choices about what I'm going to be when I grow up, you know, one of those things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's time for me to make a shift or to continue doing what I'm doing and finish the book I've been working on. Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I feel like you finish what you've started and then you move. Okay. 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 So how, I don't know where you're thinking between three and six months if the book will be done by then, but that's the time period where I feel like you might think about looking around and seeing what your other options are. Yeah. I'm, I miss the water. I, I've been here since yeah. 92, and I came from from uh, Annapolis, Maryland, and I do miss the water. And I've got one son that lives in California on the water near the water and all that fun stuff. But, you know, at my age and stage, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm wondering, I have an opportunity possibly for some additional funds to come in very soon, hopefully. You can tell me whether that's Mm -hmm. true or or if it's wishful thinking. That feels very likely. No, it feels very likely. Um, Here's the other thing they told me to tell you. Um, With the three to six months, because – I, well, I'm, maybe I'm misinterpreting this, but I'm feeling like, you know, there will be more locked on, down and there will be more another wave of COVID or whatever we want to call this yeah. coming. So there's something about staying put, staying comfortable, giving you time to work on your book and then wait till that kind of you can breathe again. And then that's the point where you're going to have the finances that are coming in. You're going to have the book done and it'll be a better time to move. Do you uh, assume from what you've said that, I could look for a financial break, say, within three to six months or or not. Yeah. Or is it? I do. Oh, that I would do. be so it nice. It feels like things, it feels like everything is getting ready to line up for you. Um, that's what I'm feeling. But I'm feeling like we, we, you really got to give yourself this three to six months. Actually, you know, wintering in Arizona is a good place to winter. So maybe you want to, you know, take it through till February, March next year. But um, the next three to six months is the time to wrap up the book. It's almost a time of endings, but that's okay because the endings aren't bad. They're just finishing things up so that you have room on your plate for new beginnings and new experiences. Well, that's what I'm looking forward to. At my age, sometimes I wonder, you know, am I going to have enough time to do all the things I want to do yet? And then the other part of me says, are you kidding me? Of course you've got time. If you don't stop, you've got to keep going. Exactly. I mean, I do feel like you have enough time to do what you want to do. At the same time, it's funny because even if we live 100 years here, it's like, well, is that enough time, you know, to do everything we wanted? I don't know. But I do feel like you have enough. (laughs) You're doing well. You're doing well on time. It's just not time to pack up and move yet. You've got to get that book done, let the money come in, let this next COVID thing happen, and then you'll be um, more ready. Okay. Thank you so much for that. That I can just kick back yes, and relax. Spend my time at the computer. Yeah, that's I that's kind of that. the energy they're giving me. 
Yeah, it's well, time to settle in for a We're going to have to get longer. together somewhere between here and there and meet halfway between the, your place and my place. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> sounds like a plan. That sounds great. Yeah, looking forward yeah. to it. Excellent. Me too. Excellent. Here. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You're so very welcome. nice. And here is another caller who has a question. This is Hugh, and he is coming live right now. Hi, Hugh. What's your question for Michelle? Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call, and thank you, Michelle, for choosing to come back and teach us more about love and what life is truly all about. My question relates to strategies that I'm bringing forth. Do you feel that they're being picked up on quickly enough to get us out of the chaos and manifesting a better world for humanity based on spirituality and unconditional agape love. Yeah, I, you know, Hugh, thank you for calling in. It's a pleasure connecting with you. I will tell you, I do not feel like the concepts are being picked up fast enough. So I don't know if there's a way for you to grow your platform that would help people pick up on it sooner. Um, but there's also this part, too, where you have to realize the masses are only ready to receive what they're ready to receive. So some of this isn't about your timing. It's about the universe's timing. And so they say to tell you, you're doing a phenomenal job. I do feel like you might be able to grow your platform some more, which would be helpful in this. But I want to tell you, you're doing your part. Now we've got to let the universe do it. And we've got to let the people pick up on these strategies, absorb them, fill them, know them in their time. I understand, and I'd love to connect with you to show you more uh, and help you with your work, too, because I think we can help each other. That's what we're here really to do. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. We are all here to help each other. And the other thing with that is, you know, after my third near-death experience, I was able to come back and see people differently than I ever had in my life. And that was the fact that instead of looking at my girlfriend and saying, oh, why does she always date the same kind of a man? He's just in a different body or, you know, judgy like that. I was able to come back and say, oh, what is her soul here to learn? What is her soul here to learn? And so part of this is we are all in the school of life right now. And every soul has come to learn different lessons or learn them different ways. And so it's not about, from what I understand, when we look at the world as broken and focus on that, the energy that we're bringing in is feeding the brokenness. But if you literally stop and take a moment today to say, you know what, I saw this woman walking down the street with her dog and she was smiling. She looked whole. And so to focus on the light and bring that in where you can, it actually helps to grow the light. Beautiful. I say life's true values are forgiveness, love, and prayer. That's what we're really here to understand. And again, uh, as we learn love to be a blessing to others. So thank you so much. Very interesting. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Have a wonderful Hugh. evening. Thanks so much. Yes, thank you. You have such great listeners, Michelle. We're very blessed oh, with a wonderful audience. Yeah, got a great thank audience. Thank you. He was one of our uh, listeners from way back, so we're always happy yeah. to take calls from him. So I have a question for you, Michelle, and then I want to go back to uh, your communication with angels. But here's my question. Mm-hmm. We had a co-host, 
several years back. Her name mm-hmm. is Becky Andreasen, and she passed away. I'd love to know if she's around and if she has anything to say to us. Absolutely. So first of all, she comes in with a really big personality, really big personality. So she should have been on stage, on TV, like this is her energy. And she kind of is laughing because she's saying, like, you're wondering if I'm around. You know, I'm here every night that you're recording this, right? (laughs) That's the energy with her. Um, She tells me to tell you. Which one of you has had the electrical things, either the lights flickering, the light bulb burned out? It might be both of you, but this is one sign at your homes of her letting you know that she's around. And she's also talking about a dream visit. Um, Where Uh does the number three come in? The third of a month, the month of March? Where's the number three? Uh, Well, there were three of us that worked together on a project called American School where we were contacting all kinds of entities we did this through Skype and had some great success with it. I don't know if that's what she's referencing, but there were three of I, us that worked together. Yeah, I think so because she shows me like the, um, well, like a skull was what I was seeing, like the glass skull or something like that was kind of what it looked like. So, um, yes, yeah, so like she's acknowledging skull. that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that's what it is. Yep, that's what she's showing me. And so it's interesting because she says to tell you, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that this is what you found in your in your research, is that it's it's not a negative thing at all. I mean, it, it's got a good, um, there's also wisdom in it, and there's also knowledge. So people would think, ooh, a skull, and you think that's like whatever, uh, lower energy, but there's an energy to it that's a high vibration. So I don't know if you guys were able to tap into that or not, but there's a oh, wisdom yeah. in there that I need to share. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, we miss Becky very much. She's a great light and a very talented person. Very definitely. She very is, de- was she a medium also? Was she a medium yes. too? Because I feel like she, yes, she was. Okay, because she was telling mm-hmm. me she was a medium. And so I feel like she was actually probably pretty well known for being a great medium. That's the energy that I'm getting from her. Um, and she was always willing to, the energy too, is shine her light wherever she was. So it's like she's kind of, the energy is even if we were peeking in dark closets, it was to shine the light in there. So that's the energy that she's giving me. Um, I will tell you this, she speaks to you a lot through numbers and license plates. So pay attention to license plates on the cars in front of you or repeating oh, number patterns. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to watch for that. How interesting. Definitely. Hmm. Yeah. Now, how, yeah. Now she was, oh, excuse me. Go ahead, honey. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You go. I was going to say, how can you tell if someone is, is around you? Um, are you asking me personally, or is that a, like yes. a question for the general public? Okay. Um, for everyone, so anyone. How, personally, sometimes you get that gut feel, or you say the flashing lights, or things will happen, and you, you just wonder about them. And how can yeah. you – a lot of people ask me, well, how do you know if somebody's there? Well, I, you know, sometimes a flashing light, sometimes there will be something that will come in your way. What do you feel is the most prominent way of someone picking up when someone is around them? 
I feel like most people just know or they get a sign. So here's the interesting part, right? Life is spiritual. It is spiritual. We are spiritual beings here. So everything that's happening in life is spiritual. And I would guess that most people have had multiple spiritual experiences, as we'll call them, but they don't really talk about it. So a lot of times it's that knowing, it's the tingles, it's the warmth on the arm, it's just this, um, mm-hmm. sometimes when I get messages for myself, like say I'll be in my mind thinking I got to go to Target, I got to go to the grocery store, and all of a sudden something comes in that I know wasn't in my train of thought, I'm like, oh, okay, that came from spirit, or that came from my yeah. angel, or that came from my mom. So it's really about staying true to that internal compass. What we do is it happens, and then we talk ourselves out of it. We're, people are really good at talking themselves out of it. No, I just, I just cool. wanted to think that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is so so very, it. very true. You, you get trust that gut feel, and we, we end up trying to avoid paying attention to it. Right. And the, and the thing is, you can trust it because one of my fears when I started working as a medium was like, well, what if someone comes to me and their people aren't around them or wanting to connect to them? Can I tell you, I've done thousands of readings that has never happened, not one single time. Your people, your angels, your loved ones, your life guides, they are around you. I call them your spirit team. I have never had anyone show up and I'm just like, hmm. I have nothing. Sorry, no one's here for you today. You know, that doesn't happen. They're always trying to connect with you to let you know they're still there. So you've got to trust your gut on that. Oh, that that's hard to now, convince people of more than anything else, I think. Yeah. Learning to trust I, your I gut. Think, that's right. People do talk themselves out of it and just say it's something mm-hmm. mundane when it isn't. But with your work with angels, Michelle, are there any particular angels that you feel close to that give you direct guidance? Any angel names that we would recognize or not? Yes. So So I work really closely with, yes, Archangel Michael and Archangel Raphael. I work very closely with both of them. Um, I have, I'll get information from other archangels, but they're kind of two that I feel next to me all the time and really, um, guiding me and helping me on this journey. So, yeah. And and here's the other thing I want to say about that, because people will automatically get very human and be like, well, if Archangel Michael's working with you, I thought Archangel Michael was working with me. Like, he can't be both places. (laughs) Actually, yes, he could be 10 million places at one time. He's Archangel Michael. So so saying things like that, it doesn't take him away from you or make me right or make you wrong. We're talking about spiritual beings and energy. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I was going to say, many times people will have lost things or they're trying to find something that they put somewhere. What, what angel would you recommend for them to pray to or to try to work with for lost You know what's so funny? Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't, the first one coming to mind, I've never been asked that question, but it's Archangel Gabriel. Um, and, and I've never been asked that, but for some reason, that's the angel that presents himself first in that situation. So I would have to tell you, start with him. That's good to know. Cause I've been asked that different times and sometimes you get, you'll get a gut feel about who it's supposed to be, but it doesn't feel quite right. And that's why I asked the question. So Gabriel is, oh. is the place to go. PK, didn't you have something that went missing? Pardon me? 
Didn't you have something, was it jewelry or something that went missing that you had never been able to find? That she gave ah. me, and I may have had them in my, I've only, I don't think I've even worn them once. I've saved them, and I took them with me somewhere. I don't know. I always put everything back in the same place, but they're gone. I have not been able to find them in three years, and yet I've never had them on. Hmm. Wow. It's interesting because they're still in your energy field. So I don't know if somehow they slipped behind a drawer or behind a dresser or in an old shoe you don't wear. I know that doesn't make any sense, but the, the energy but it does. around and that I, is I, I, still To be honest, I went through all suitcases, jewelry bags, uh, anything, whatever that I could think of that even if I traveled, maybe I brought them with me and lost them. And I went by that as a possibility. But uh, I had lost a couple gold band bracelets a few years ago. They were gone for about three years. And then one day I opened a desk drawer, and there they were. Yet I've never put my jewelry in a desk drawer. So right. This will be something similar to that. Place it's not supposed to be. Absolutely. I do. I think you're going you're gonna to be doing something, and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, what are they doing in the kitchen drawer? How did that happen? It would be something very <laughs> random. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, it better happen fast because I don't know how much time I've got down here on this planet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, it sounds like, you know, you have some some possibilities of where else you could look, though. That's exciting. You're on a little a little treasure hunt. (laughs) Yeah. Truly treasure hunt to find the treasure. (laughs) Yeah. So, Michelle, let's talk about your um, energy healing. How did you come to Uh learn that you could do that? Yeah, so, well, that happened actually over a period of time from healing from my third near-death experience. So um, about six months out, the neurologist said to me, Michelle, you're never getting your taste or your smell back. Um, You're about as good as you're going to get. You're only going to heal 1% to 2% more for the rest of the year, and then that's done. You're not going to get any better than that. And honestly, it was one of the most depressing conversations I've ever had in my life. I came home and I just thought, oh, I can't, I can't do this. And so the next day, my son, who was five years old, was sitting at the table with me and we were having lunch. And I was so tired of not being able to taste my food. And not only could I not taste it or smell it, but I had something called phantom taste and smell. So if it triggered a taste or smell, it smelled like rotting, dead, burning bodies. And I would literally go outside and go to the garbage can and throw up. So I was sitting there one day with him, and I said to him, I said, you know, Josh, um, when do you think I'm going to get my taste and smell back? Not really because I thought he had an answer, just, you know, you throw those things out there, right? And he said to me, he said, Mom, you need to pray about it more. And he said, well, who who told you that? I thought he was going to say my mom. And he said, my life guide, Hanson. And I about fell out of my chair because that was not a word we had ever used in my house ever, right? And I said, Hanson? Well, we didn't know anyone with the first or the last name Hanson or anything like that. And I said, well, what does Hanson look like? He said, well, he's about as tall as dad. He's got brown hair and brown eyes. And, and he said, you need to pray about it more. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, so... So I I found um, a healer here in Paradise Valley who works with the Holy Spirit, and she does like a church service. So I started going there, and I probably went for about 10 months. She does like a -a once-a-month service, and a lot of people come. And at that point, I was actually going with one of my friends who was dying of cancer because I figured, you know, 
I could continue living the way that I was, but she couldn't, and I really wanted her to get help. So we went to this Christmas service, and this was about three years after my head injury. So way beyond the time of healing as far as the doctors were concerned. And as she calls out, she'll call out a healing, so she'll say people with back pain, and then everyone with back pain around the room stands up, but she has specific things on her list that the Holy Spirit has given her. Well, she says, there's someone who has fallen off a ladder, and she starts going around the room, and there's about 10 people standing up, and I'm thinking, oh, it's them, it's them, it's them. Nope, I'm the last person she gets to. And as she started talking to me, I literally could feel this warmth this heat, this tingling energy going through my body. And she was focusing on the back pain because I had had scoliosis previously and I had a lot of back pain from falling off the ladder and it was literally gone instantaneously. And I couldn't believe it. And I went home that night just trying to wrap my head around what had happened. And then so still no taste or smell. The next morning I get up to let the dogs out. This was around Christmas time. I opened the door and I could smell winter. I could smell that cold, crisp air smell. And then my daughter wants a cup of hot chocolate. I could smell her hot chocolate. My son wanted a hot dog for lunch. And it smelled like a hot dog, not a rotting, dead, burning body. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I truly received this miracle healing on levels that no one could even explain. And it was unbelievable. And it was at that point in time that I realized we all have the power to heal, to heal ourselves. And then for me, it's not that I have the, the healing energy to heal you. It's I am channeling source, God, the universe, the divine, the angels. That's where the healing energy comes from. So for me, whether I'm in a reading with someone or literally doing hands-on healing, um, I am able to just channel that energy in to them. And that's where it comes from. And so I have a veteran that I work with who's, Oh gosh, he's had a lot of physical problems and and different people, and it it's been amazing the positive response that they have been getting and how it's been life changing for them. That's a, a beautiful story, oh, and it's so powerful. It is. But let me ask you. I mean, we those of us that have struggled with different injuries or chronic illness or cancer or whatever, what is spirit telling you? that keeps us sick rather than accepting Mm -hmm. healing. Right. So it's really about, and I'm so glad you said this, because Spirit just told me this a few weeks ago. It's about aligning your body, mind, and spirit with source or with that divine healing energy, because we're all able to do it, but we have to be able to align and to receive and to really let it in. So some people, and this, you know, just in general, some people do use their illness as a crutch, right? For whatever yeah. reason, oh, definitely. whether it mentally yeah. serves them or physically serves them or whatever this is. And so for those people, they're probably not going to get what we would call a miracle because actually they're holding on to it because in some way it serves them. But when you truly show up willing to surrender and you're able to align your body, mind, and spirit with source, that's where the miracles happen because the healing is there for everyone we just have to get ourselves in the place where we're willing to receive it or for a lot of people who they think well i'm not deserving of this i don't deserve it that person needs it more well that's when we start limiting the universe the universe god source divine has enough for everyone to receive a miracle to receive a healing it's not 
picking and choosing and you've earned it and you don't. There's enough for everyone. So everybody can receive it. And I agree with you. I think that um, definitely illness can be a way of of saying no when you don't feel you can say no. So the illness hiding, and you that's can't. a good way to hide. That way they don't yeah, have to face the light. you can't do it. Right. You can't do this X, Y, or Z because you're not feeling well. So mm-hmm. it is a way of communicating. It's, uh, and I know people get very defensive sometimes about hearing that, but mm-hmm. it is one of the ways that people uh, get to say no. So anyways, it's great mm-hmm. to hear that spirit is just trying to tell us there's plenty for everybody and we need to learn to receive what's there. You certainly did and uh, had an incredible miracle of healing. Oh, now, do you was. have still any residual issues from that accident? That was a pretty devastating accident. It was. I still have vision problems. I still have some hearing loss. And, like, when a storm comes in, my equilibrium will go off. So there are still days that I have vertigo or things like that. But overall, I'm so much better than I was. And here's the other thing about saying I'm sick, I'm this or that. You can't ever buy into that as your story. I do believe doctors and people are here to help guide us and give us their best opinion. But if I had listened to the neurologist that day and said, this is it, I'm done, I'm never going to get better, I truly believe I never would have gotten better. But because I was able to say that's not my story, I don't know when, I don't know how, but that's not my story, I left possibilities open. And so I really want to empower people to say, that's not my story. Now, when we're talking about health, I will tell you, there is this part where I truly believe it is body, mind, and spirit. And so it's being able to align all of that with source. Having said that, my mom passed away from breast cancer. I know that I genetically have a higher risk of breast cancer. I do believe in pre-life planning. So I think that when I was planning my life, I said, okay, my body's going to have a higher risk. I know this going in. But I've also got my mind, which will tell me how to eat, how to exercise, get your yearly mammogram, whatever that is. And then I have my spirit and I have my soul's path. And my soul's path is right now telling me, hey, we've got a lot of work to do. Let's go, girl. You know what I mean? So there is right. this wholeness of the body, mind, and spirit. So if I wanted to sit back and say, oh, I'm at higher risk, oh, it's inevitable, it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen next year, then it probably would happen next year. But if I want to use the other tools, which are aligning the source, aligning my mind, and aligning my own personal spirit, I don't feel that that's going to be why I leave this world. Right. That makes so much sense. Yeah, I know a lot of people are doing this prophylactic mastectomy and all this other thing. I I mean, I understand why they make that choice. But you can also Mm -hmm. choose, as you're saying, to focus on your health, what do you need to do right. to take care of your health so that you take another path completely? And and so that, that makes sense. It really does. But there's so much right. that seems untapped in the spiritual world. It's so much untapped in the communication between spirit and us. And I know people like you with tremendous talent, obviously, are able to bridge that. But we should all be opening to spirit communication, right? I mean, that would be a great goal for people on mass. Absolutely. And I'd actually like to say it should be your first form of communication because you're actually a spirit. You're human secondary to being a soul. So, and I believe this is a power and a gift that every single soul here on the planet has. So I think of it a little bit like math. 
not everybody's going to be a physicist, but most people are going to be able to do high school math or whatever this is, right? So it's a, a tool, a muscle that we can strengthen if we practice it more, if we get help, if we take classes, if we read books, we can definitely get better at it. It doesn't mean everybody's going to be a physicist in that sense, but we can definitely excel and grow, grow where we are. The other thing about that is the universe, your loved ones, your angels, they are always trying to talk to you and trying to send you messages. So paying attention and listening and not talking yourself out of the sign or the, you know, the feather or the call that your phone came up and it was an unknown number, but all numbers were zero, 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 or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So it's it's saying, it's being able to say, you know what, I'm ready. I'm ready to learn and grow. And the more you want to know, the more the universe will reveal to you. But there is a part where you're going to also probably want to say, you know what, I want to learn I want to learn this, or I want to know how to grow this. And there are so many phenomenal teachers out there that can help people do that if they're ready. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a wonderful oh. path that yeah, we should all embrace because we could learn so much more from the other side and also from all the other dimensions. Now, how about in your journeys with people and reading for people, have you come across ETs or interdimensionals? Yes, I I have. I have seen them in their energy fields or on their spirit teams. So, yeah, I absolutely am aware of that. I am aware of their connection. And um, some people are ready to hear that and some people are not. <laughs> That's okay. Either way, you just know you're getting help. Just know you're getting help from a higher source, whether you're ready to hear it or not. Um, I, I want to say that that with that, yes, there, so not only do we have our spirit team around wanting to help us, there are always beings of light, whether we call them ETs, interdimensional angels, all of these other levels that are truly here to help humanity and to help each one of us. But you've got to be open. And you've got to be willing to receive. It doesn't mean you have to say, yes, I believe in ETs, and I think I have one on my spirit team. You don't have to go that extreme. <laughs> you can just say, I'm open to the help from the universe. Oh, that's nice. Makes it more general and inclusive. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, exactly. Very ready true. To be specific. Some people are ready to be specific. Other people aren't. And all of that is okay. Just always be open to help from beings of light. That's what I would say. That's that sounds perfect. I like that a lot. It's I like the general statement rather than being specific mm-hmm. because it could include beings you'd never think to include. So that's wonderful. I like Good it. Point. You know, but we oh, we also oh, had a go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say we also how had another one enhance their abilities. You know, some of us have the ability to have this gut, I call that gut feeling about certain things that you know and you work with it that way. How can someone that has those feelings enhance it and make it grow where it's accessible for them at a uh, higher element than what they have? Yeah, absolutely. So the number one is you want to go into it with a playful energy because that actually raises your vibration and helps spirit to communicate with you more. So if you're going into there with your gut tied in a knot and you're like, oh, this is so hard, this is so heavy, it's going to be really hard and heavy. But there are different tools that we have. So psychometry is one. That would be one where, like, say you hold someone's bracelet and you pick, off their, pick up their energy off of it and you say, oh, okay, 
this was a lady. She lived to be, you know, 52 years old. She transitioned in a car accident. So there are ways to play with it like that. Another way um, that is really helpful if psychometry doesn't work for you is just saying, okay, okay, universe, what do you have for me today? Be a blank slate, but you've got to be blank, and you've got to take the first word, sentence, color, smell, whatever you have, and you have to say, okay, I trust. I know that came from my mom. I know that came from my angel. I know where that came from. And so you're opening up and saying, I'm ready to receive. So it's not, they're always wanting to give it to you. My mom, a couple of weeks ago, who my mom transitioned in 2018, was telling me, she said, because I kind of get a little frustrated, I'll be honest with you, I get great messages for everyone else, and I'm like, mom, I'd like to hear from you today. Mom, I'd like to hear from you, you know, and I feel like I'm not getting it. My mom said to me, my mom said to me, she said, Michelle, what you're doing is you are projecting your love to me. So think of it as like this beam from your heart. I'm like, my mom, I love her. I miss her, my mom. And she said, but what you're forgetting to do is opening your heart to receive my love and my message back to you. And I was like, oh, "Oh, wow. Okay. So when you're saying I want to receive, you've got to open your mind and your heart to it. Because that's how spirit works. And even your gut, right? So when you get those gut feelings. So it's really about opening your body, mind, and spirit and saying, okay, I'm ready. But that's one way to do it with, like, psychometry if you want to play with it. Another way that's fun is if you're working on just anything you want, when you're driving down the street, take a guess. Okay, the car in front of me is going to turn right into light. Oh, look, they did. Okay, awesome. Or when you go to the grocery store, you know, start thinking about before you get there, oh, I think I'm going to walk in and there's going to be a, a gentleman on the right-hand side and he's going to have a blue shirt on and a lady in a green dress on the left. So you're starting to play with the psychic part of it and the mediumship ability. And when you do that in a fun way, you would be amazed how quickly things start happening. What about using a pendulum? Does that help any? Yeah. So I don't do cards or pendulums or anything like that in my readings. I am just the tool myself. But I think those are phenomenal. But this is my tools for people. This is what I would say. First, ask yourself the question. With your hands on your heart, say, whatever, you know, am I going to eat pizza for dinner tonight? Or whatever your question is, right? (laughs) And then go with your gut on that, yes or no, and then Use the pendulum, the cards, the other tools as a backup to what you have already intuited because your soul is the antenna. It is the receiver. It is where the information comes from. So the other tools are backups to what you already know. Fantastic. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, we Mm -hmm. also had another co-host. I'm going to ask if she's around. And she died very quickly, unfortunately, from pancreatic cancer. Um, it was quite shocking to all of us. And her name was Helene. And I wonder if she's around and has anything to say. Um, yeah, absolutely. Where does the number two come in with her? Did she have two children? Was it February? She did, the second yes. of a month. She get, yeah. yeah, she had so she two wants boys. To talk about, okay, she wants to talk about the two kids. She wants to talk about sending them coins, so pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters is a sign that she's around. She also wants to acknowledge, does she have grandkids now also? Yes. Yeah, she's she acknowledging does. grandkids. So she, Yeah, so she's acknowledging the grandkids. Um, having said that, there's a connection to the month of May or the number five or the fifth of a month, so I want to acknowledge that too. 
I don't know if she has five grandkids, but she's given me the number five. And then the other yeah, thing that she them. says is that um, who has, somebody has really recently had a picture with an orb in it. And I mean, recently within the last three weeks, oh. um, that's her. Yeah, I did. She'll let them know she's around. Yeah, I did. I had oh, had pictures geez. with orbs in them. I sent one to mm-hmm. UTK. Did you see it? It was yes, pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she's yeah, saying that so was that's, her. That's, yeah, she's saying, just so you know, I'm still around. She's got quite the, the sunny personality um, that she's showing mm-hmm. me, and she loves water. So she's either connected to water and the ocean or the lake, or she'd like, yeah. like to go vacation there, but there's a big draw to water for her. Um, she the lives other by thing the is water. I want to talk about dream visits. Okay. And a dream visit. So if this isn't for one of you two, it's going to be for her, her sons because she's talking about connecting in dreams. And also, this is yeah. interesting, like a blue jay, a blue bird, um, something like along those lines. I want. And then also, if it's not the live bluebird, it could be like a little glass bluebird or something, but there's some type of sign around bluebird or blue jay that is connected to her. Oh. Okay. That's great. Thank you so much. Now, do you talk to pets yeah. that have passed also? I do. I do because it's just energy, right? So kind of like how I was able to communicate with my dog Tahoe on my near-death experience without words. I, we just were communicating. It's the same thing. So you'll find that infants or young children or nonverbal people um, and animals, they all come through and can communicate on the other side too. What about helping to find lost pets? Because I know people go completely out of their minds if a pet goes missing. I know I would, that's for sure. Are you able to help people find their missing pets? You know, I have not done that yet, but I would think, yes, and I would think anyone also good with remote viewing would be really good at that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, our, our, yeah. Pets, our pets is going to be about so this is the way I see spirit world. You want to think of it as this old-fashioned radio where you turn it on and then you dial in. So everything here, life is spiritual again. Everything here is energy. So if you say to me, I want to connect with my angels, then I turn my little tuner to channel 111. Okay, I've got your angels. I want to connect with my grandma. Okay, now we're going to 104 or whatever this is. So it's about tuning into the energy. So the way that the remote viewing would work or finding a lost pet or a missing person would be they tap into that energy and you almost like scan for it and then you get a hit. So that's how that kind mm-hmm. of works. And with animals, I yeah. think people are really, um, yeah, I agree with you. People want to know, where's, I lost my dog. It's, it's, you lose a family right. member. It's not a dog. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. one more person I want to bring up to you. She was an incredible powerhouse. She had an ability that went beyond psychic, beyond mediumship. Her name was Marianne. And I wonder if she's around. She was so remarkable. She was a total pain in the ass and (laughs) remarkably (laughs) talented beyond anyone that I have ever met or heard of. She was just remarkable. And I'm wondering if she's around. She passed a couple of years ago. Yeah, so the first thing I want to talk about is her channeling. So I don't know if she channeled a consciousness, if she channeled. She's got a strong ET connection coming in, so I want to bring mm-hmm. that up right away. That's um, right. I don't know if she actually, 
channeled from ETs or what this is, but I want to talk about channeling. I want to talk about a strong ET connection. I want to talk about like a universal perspective from her too. So I feel like there might have been part of her that had a hard time dumbing it down to the human level because she had so much knowledge, if that makes sense. She's thinking universal. Yes. The rest of us are thinking like, what's for lunch? That's the energy yeah. that she's given mm-hmm. me. So Uh, definitely not her home planet. I would say she was kind of passing through. And my guess with that is she felt that way through life because that's the energy that I'm getting. But I feel like she had a hard time finding her tribe, her people, finding that place where she felt like she fit in. It took her quite a bit longer than most, but it was because she wasn't supposed to fit in here. She was coming to help change our ways, she says. Yeah, She also was aware of healing ability. Yeah, she's also aware of that healing ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very difficult, I think, for people as talented as Marianne was and as powerful as she was to be able to integrate a human personality. I, that's a real challenge to bring both of those things together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because she was superhuman, right? And yet she was yeah, trying to be was. human. And so so it it is it's a it's a tough balance to be able to do that um I feel like she definitely wants to say she did it to the best of her ability, but very often she felt like an outsider, and she kind of felt like, "What am I doing here? This is preschool um and she was much mm-hmm. more involved in this, yeah, I think that's absolutely the case, yes, that's very, very mm-hmm. true. You are so right on the money, miss Michelle no <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Most definitely. Yes. yes. Just, just, oh. and your energy is so beautiful and so, so bubbly. It's, it's really like you bring joy wherever you go. And that's so important, isn't it? In order for us to, to connect with angels and spirits, mm-hmm. we want to feel yeah. that joy first. It is so important. It is because that helps raise your vibration with laughter and joy and happiness. And that really makes it easier for you to connect. And, and there is this part where I do feel like we do have a choice about being happy today. Even, you know, on the, during the pandemic, on lockdown, whatever that is. Okay, you could sit there and stew about it and be really upset or, well, maybe it was a good day to go garden in your backyard or a good day to read that magazine or a good day to sleep in or, you know, whatever it is. So so we, we've got to remember that, yes, we don't always have um, the option about what's going to happen to us in life, but we always have the opportunity to choose how we respond to it. And that's, therein lies the power. Therein mm-hmm. lies the ability to align no matter what's going on around us. Not an easy mm-hmm. choice sometimes. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes it's very, very difficult. Yes. And we give our sometimes power away. We much. let other people tell us how we're, yeah, we're going to let other people tell us how we're going to feel or we're going to let the news channel tell us how scared we should be or how the world's falling apart or <laughs> whatever. And, and there are those moments where, yeah, like I really don't watch the news too much because it's a little bit, I'll look at it on my app because then I can control it easier, right? Like I'll glance at it, okay, yes. maybe look at that, maybe not. Right? right? But there is this part where when we were having protests, you know, last summer and, and everyone was on lockdown, if I had watched CNN 
for, you know, I was like, oh, this world is falling apart, or Fox News or any news channel, right? Uh But I'd have to take a step back and say, okay, but right now that's not happening in my front yard. My kids are home safe. We have enough to eat. The air conditioning is running, you know, whatever this is. And so there is this part where, yes, there's a global picture, and things are getting shaken up because it's time for different things to change and fall away. But at the same time, we've got to take solace in the fact that, but right here, right now, Most people, wherever you are in your life, you're doing okay right here, right now. Even if, let's just say, in my mom's um, condition, my mom, when she got diagnosed with cancer, she did not feel like she was doing okay right here, right now. But actually, in that moment when it happened, it was very upsetting and horrible for her. But she was physically safe. She wasn't feeling ill yet from it. You know what I mean? So, so taking it into yeah. being your power right here in this present moment. And, and right here, most people are okay right here, right now. So I love that mantra, be here now. Oh, my gosh, that's huge. That's huge, being here now. And every time I connect with people, loved ones, angels, life guides, and I do readings for them, where do I connect? Right here in the present moment, not tomorrow, not yesterday, not worrying about the future. It's, it's really able to help me stay so very present because right here is where the information is. Yes. Do you exactly. feel that the way things have been going and between the pandemic and general fear that people have and the craziness that's coming out of the powers that be, that we have the opportunity to really grow and go forward in an uplifting way before everybody's looking for this calamity and everything to drop around them. Is there more of a positive spin on things taking place now that we're just not yet aware of? I do think so. I do think so. I will tell you, I'm always going to be the person who says hope dies last. So that is just the way I am. But I will tell you, yes, because... Yeah, because the energy is this. Think of it as like after you've had a picnic, you shake off your blanket before you fold it up and put it away. Now, that doesn't mean things are going to be all rosy and amazing in six months or six years. But what's happened is we have started the process. We are shaking off the blanket and we're getting ready to come together. Now, I know people who will tell you, the pandemic was the best thing that ever happened to me. I was spending, you know, 10 hours a week driving to work. I got to stay home. I had 10 hours with my family again, or I had five hours to read a book that week, or I had, you know, so so we can't look at it as that it was this horrible thing. Now, obviously, that wasn't the case for everyone, but overall, it has given people a time to think about their life, think about where they want to be, what relationships are working for them or what jobs. And, and it gave them at no other point in history where people literally shut off from their religion for six months, where the churches were closed, where you couldn't go even if you wanted to. We gave people six months to think for themselves in a way, if they turned off the TV, right? I mean, they had the opportunity. So, so, so I would just say, yeah, I mean, I do feel like we're going through growing pains, but I have the utmost hope that we're going to a better place and that this is part of, you know, shaking off the blanket to get there. And the other thing is I know about the angels and the, and the loved ones around us and the beams of light that will always hold that light for our highest good. So, yes, we're shaking off the blanket, but we're going to come out in a better place. That's good to know. That's very good to yeah. know. Yeah. It's nice to look forward to that one. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, when you're when you're feeding, when you feed the energy into the world is falling apart, it's going to hell. We're all going to die. Then you're feeding that energy, and that's not the energy you want to feed either, right? You need to take that time to stop and look around you and take in a deep breath and ground yourself and be like, no, I, I feel good today. I've got enough food to eat, whatever this is. So, um, so think about where you want to put your energy, which, which dog do you want to feed? The one that's telling you that this is horrible and we're all, you know, going to be miserable for the next 20 years or the one that says, no, we're shaking off the blanket and, and we're moving forward. Cause that's really what I think. Mm-hmm. Makes good sense. Yeah. Yeah, and we are creating a reality of whether we like it or not. And so we might as well put our energy into creating the reality that we want. And the thoughts go in that direction. So definitely that makes a difference, I think. And there is so much doom and gloom right now and so much insanity in the way the world is, the world leaders seem to be handling certain mm-hmm. issues. So it's um, it's concerning, but then we need to put our minds in a different direction, not supporting the direction that they're working in, but something that makes a little more sense at the very least. So, yeah, those are our choices. So we need to, to make them mm-hmm. wisely. I agree. I absolutely agree with you on that. It's, it, it's, it will also help you adjust your day, your mood, your attitude, your productivity mm-hmm. level if you want to be worried and fearful or if you want to say, nope, I think we're going to be okay. Um, I would tell you this. I don't think the human race has come this far just for it all to be over, um, you know, for, for whatever reason. And what you see happening at a world leader level is people in power are fearful that they could lose their power. So they're just doing everything to retain that, whatever that means. And, and what that means is they're, they're spreading fear amongst the commoners or the, the average people um, because fear, we know, is a phenomenal tool to control people. Oh, yes, so they keep that's what we have to wake up to. And just drop yeah. the cookie crumbs so people assume that it's going to get worse when actually they're afraid that we might see it's going to get better and step up to the plate instead of holding back. Just see, the emperor has no clothes, so how much of your power do you want to own? That's really what it's about. So, Mm -hmm. Michelle, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful evening that we've spent with you. and Ah, just delightful. So, again, everybody, you can reach Michelle at michelleclare, C-L-A-R-E dot net, for your own private reading and my goodness, we've got to have you back. This is so much fun, Michelle. Thank you so much. I would love to. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time with both of you tonight. Well, I look forward well, to our getting together because I want to meet you, young lady. That's right. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. Same part of the country. That's great. Well, everybody, we'll be back again next week with another great show. And until then, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls.
Michelle, when are you going to write your book? <laughs> um, well, I'm working on it right now, so hopefully it'll be out in the fall. That's the plan. Well, then when you when you get it out there, be sure to contact me, yes. and we'll get you back on, and we'll help you promote it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. I think it'll I – th- I just think, you know, we go through life being scared of so many things, and we don't have – we can choose to live life from a place of fear or a place of love. And that's I right. hope that that's what this book will help people see. Like, choose love. You can live life from a place of love. That's right. Well, you're a shining example to all of us. So thank you again. And do keep in touch because we'll help you with your promotion when your book is ready. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I have truly enjoyed my time with you tonight. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. You take care. We'll be talking soon. I'm sure I know you'll be talking with PK. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.